You have probably heard of human parkour, but did you know that there is a canine version of it called dog parkour? Well, that is exactly what we are going to introduce you to today on the McCann Dogs podcast. I'm instructor Shannon. Welcome back to McCann Dogs. Parkour, I think, became known to people in a James Bond movie where it was a human parkour where people, it's all these videos you see where people doing crazy stuff, flipping, and it's really meant about moving through the environment in an efficient way. Uh, that's sort of the definition, although it's usually the efficient, really cool way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it can be done dangerously, can be done athletically. Um, and then um, parkour for dogs is very similar. It's about dogs moving through, interacting with obstacles um, in, you know, the natural environment is great, but also, and certainly from a training perspective, same as parkour, uh, trackers, I think they're called, uh, I- I the human parkour participants. Okay. Um, they, you know, use, um, gyms and different obstacles to learn their moves. We do the same thing and then you can go out and, uh, just have fun finding some cool obstacles and setting up challenges for your dogs. That's awesome. So my nephew actually takes trampolining at, um, uh, a trampoline place in Burlington and they have a little parkour area as well where there's always people learning and playing and doing really, really cool things. So um, that's an indoor environment, of course. It's so cool that this is more based on our natural environment. It's more based on finding things that we can play with with our dogs. So tell me what that might, tell everybody what that might look like. If you're out and about and you're, you've got an eye for some parkour obstacles, what are you looking for, first of all? So for me, often it's, um, I love to do video work too. So that plays into it. So actually yesterday I haven't been out with my guys doing parkour because I've been working with everybody else. And yesterday there's a couple of cool things on our property. Okay. Um, which might become open to public. Okay. Nice. But, this uh, is the McCann property. You're yeah. Talking about. Okay. So I was out in the McCann property and I just thought, you know what? Um, it's a great day. I really need to do some stuff with my guys and see how they can do with these obstacles. And, um, so one was cool. It's a stump that's maybe about three feet tall, but there's a bunch of logs leaning against it. So they have to go around, but in order to get around it, they got a really duck to go in. And that was cool. A uh, couple of long, very narrow logs that were sort of for Burke, my wow dog, able to do. Texas got her highest leap up on uh, about a four foot stump. Okay. Um, so that was great to see her do that. The other one that was really cool, so Burke invented a new skill for our class. Nice. I'd asked him to push off. There's a tree stump. It was probably up about three and a half feet. Um, so a smaller object for him to, and higher for him to push off. But there was a stump in his way and I anticipated he would jump over the stump, but he actually bounced on without slowing and did his push off. And it was like, Ooh, that could be a new, uh, exercise have that confidence to Fun. jump up and then hit the small target yeah so this is sort of like a, a fly ball turn if you exactly. will where the dog is actually sideways pushing Four feet off. on push off and rebound off gotcha so um mary i'm gonna i'm gonna jump to you for a second because i want to ask you that same question it, it, i, I want to I want to get into some of the foundation stuff that you've done with Finn, but I also want to know when you're out with a walk with him now, how has parkour changed that perspective and what kind of things are you looking for on your walks? Well, that's interesting because when I first moved um, to Guelph where I live now, it's full of parks, uh, wooded parks, city parks, all kinds of stuff. And, um, Part of my mission was to explore them all. And I did, and I, there's like 25 of them, Nice. but now I go on those same walks and 
I find, oh, there's a boulder there that I never would have noticed before. Or yesterday I was at Riverside Park and um, one of the um, obstacles that we need to do is called a lobster trap. I guess it's something from firefighting or something, <laughs> firefighting training. And so um, it, what I found, it, it's, it's supposed to be a tunnel, no greater than three times the width of your dog and it has some kind of weird challenge in it, like some water or something dangling or something making noise. Okay, so maybe I'll, I'll explain the lobster trap. It does come from fire. That's the way we named it. But the idea was we have a tunnel in class that always has different challenges. So we had a water hazard. We sometimes it gets really narrow. Sometimes there's a roller. The dogs have to go over or under. Sometimes there's things hanging. They have to push their way through. Sometimes there's noises. So all different challenges. Um, and Ken Steep uh, from our YouTube, te YouTube team um, said, wow, that's a lot like the lobster trap they use in firefighting oh, where they train firefighters. Okay. It's like going through a confined space where it's dark and working through hazards. So we've sort of adopted that as the term. And uh, Mary yesterday said she found this really cool lobster trap. So it's it's great when you find them in nature. Yeah. So what was it yesterday that you found, Mary? Well, it was a bike rack that was just a series of um, about four inch in diameter uh, extruded metal pipes made into circles so okay. bikes could go in between them but it formed a tunnel that um, wasn't totally enclosed you could see on either side so i but it um, must require some footwork too yeah it's true because um each of those was sticking up four inches so okay. um so it was a bit of a like a you know the football players when they go win the tires yeah. kind of thing oh. and then i put a branch across it and i hung his harness down from it because i had to take his harness off because that's part of the safety aspect of parkour I want to have it on if he's at height and so I can make sure he's safe and he knows I've got his handle, you know, if he should fall. Right. Um, so sort of like a spotting it. situation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, great. But when you go through something like a tunnel, you want to take it off because you wouldn't want, well, his has something that sticks up. It's got a handle and it's got a D-ring that okay. stick up and I wouldn't want it to hang, you know, hang up on anything. Right. So I, I took that off and made that part of the obstacle itself. Okay. Yeah. Neat. That's yeah, so so I was neat. wondering, how am I going to do a lobster trap? You know, where am I going to find yeah. this? That's what yeah. I was saying to Carol. I was like, you know, I've got all these other things. I want to do, I've got my novice title now, but okay, I want to yes. do my advanced title. And I want to find everything out in nature instead of in my basement or my backyard, you gotcha. know, with things that just look like I have agility jumps, but that's boring, right? Yeah. I'd rather go find some logs to jump over to make a broad jump or whatever. So, <laughs> so Mary fun. even found a Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Whereabouts? Yeah. In Guelph? At Guelph Lake. There's okay. all these, uh, it's I a conservation area. So there's, Lake. What there's, a beautiful area. Yeah. It is. It, I'm so blessed to be there. I'm, every day I'm so grateful, especially at sunset with the bear trees now. Oh, so nice. But um, there's camping there and there's people that have trailers that are parked there all summer. So this one family has a deck set up, but they've moved their trailer out, but their deck is still there and their fire pit. And next to their fire pit, for some reason, they had this little Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> and so I thought I would get Finn, um, you know, just doing his two paws up behavior where he's just, you know, got two paws up he's looking at me and I'm videoing the whole thing <laughs> but instead he, he did that and then he went to the end and he looked like you know Godzilla in Chicago because he came walking <laughs> over the Golden Gate Bridge directly at me he was like Whoa. And I wish I could tiny, slow mo or it's a little tiny bridge like he <laughs> yeah. really had to get his feet together to fit on it and it was like a mini lobster trap because he had to go over some things too there were things it's, holding it together and he came right at me like Whoa. Oh, it was really fun fabulous. so you just find that kind of stuff because you yeah. just all of a sudden you're, you know, if you if you take up photography, um, you realize that it, the world changes for you. Like I yeah. like 
nature photography. So I'm walking through a meadow at the lake and I see you know, the milkweed pods, which are just so exquisite when they're opening up and the sun is just right. And now I'm just the same way with parkour stuff. Oh my gosh. And yesterday so I was fun. at um, Riverside Park also has an enabling garden. Okay. Which is um, situated next to a high rise building with a lot of seniors in it. And um, so I guess it's just a place for people who can, they can access the river right there. Okay. And there's planters and things like that. So the planters became walks and then there were boulders and I was doing my three behaviors on one boulder activity there. And, and, and then a gentleman stopped and wanted to talk. So that's another benefit that people see you. Oh, I Having bet. this great relationship with your dog. And, um, you know, they just thought he was amazing. I'm like, well, he's pretty good. I mean, there's. He's, he's on a spectrum of good, right? You know, there's some untrained title, dogs, and then there's Carol's dogs. He's great. <laughs> Finn is in our excellent group, and uh, so he's got his novice title. It's just a matter of getting the finding the the obstacles for you to get that advanced title. So yeah, that is fabulous. very strong. So I definitely want to talk about the titling program. And I had that sort of um, in my notes for the end. But since we've already we've already sort of jumped into this, and I think it's a great it's a great thing to talk about right now. So tell us, so you've got your novice parkour title from mm-hmm. McCann Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. And you're working on your advanced parkour title right, from yeah. McCann Dogs. Wonderful. I think Mary was the third, third I wanted person. to be second, but I turned out to be she third. She was the third oh person. Gosh. Uh, the first person took a day off work the day it came out. So <laughs> yeah, I knew there was no way <laughs> he I was, was going to get it. That was, oh, I know exactly who that was. Yes. That was, that was Albert. Yeah, that was Albert. <laughs> yes, with Willow. Albert is such a dedicated student, yes. and we've actually had Albert on the podcast before. We had Albert uh, come on and talk about training a husky, because as a budding dog trainer, training a husky to such high levels can often be a big challenge, and he's up for whatever challenge we yes. want, and I know he's going to be excited that we're talking about him and Willow again on the podcast. And I will so. say that Albert and Willow also yesterday got their advanced Oh, does he know? He does know. Oh, he found good. out yesterday. Good. Well, and this won't publish for a couple of weeks yet, right. so it would be time to say congratulations, yeah. Albert. Yeah, That's Albert. awesome, yeah. Albert and Willow. He yeah. got Team his Wilbur. Cer- he got I, his certificate. Uh, he got a certificate <laughs> yesterday, so Fabulous. he's uh, aware. Yeah. That's exciting. Very, very cool, and I'm sure he'll be thrilled. So, tell me about the titling program, Carol, because again, this is. Carol all by herself came up with this amazing titling program for us to work through at McCann Dogs. So tell us about the titling program. How many levels? What do people have to do? And I think maybe why we did the titling um, is to encourage people to keep raising their skills. So we took a twist with McCann Parkour that it's not just about um, dogs doing stuff cool, but, um, and especially for dogs that are older or, you know, there's a difference between a husky, a border collie, a beagle, a basset hound. Huge. Right? So some of what we want to do is incorporate training and building relationship into our program and um, letting people get wow at the higher levels. But there's always the option of the wow could be, you know, my Burke who can, you know, hop on something that's like six inches in diameter and four feet high or do that push at elevation. Um, but then I had a little Jack Russell. He's not going to do that. So it could be 
I can train something really cool that requires some time. So it, it requires that investment. And what we want to do is make sure the novice is very open and achievable to anyone. Perfect. Um, and then that. as we go up, the challenges get a little bit harder. So we, we did that. But I think it's important that people have goals because probably, you know, when you started parkour, I know you were keen and you love that when you were walking, you see different things. And I have all my students say that their, their walks have just changed because they're looking. <laughs> so but after a while, that sort of will wear off. But um, if you've got a goal, then you're out finding, oh, I need a lobster trap that meets the advanced. And, oh, I want a cool object. Or for me, it might be, I also want cool lighting or a cool scene, right? Yeah. So it just, um, it's like a, a little bit of a scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, can mm-hmm. I find the the obstacles that I need? I've also just suggested it's great for people with kids because you could go out and the kids can help find the obstacles That's and then too, videotape yeah. your dog and then videotape your kids, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's a, you know, we wanted to do the title. So we've got a novice title that can be done in somebody's basement, living room, backyard, um, or out and about. We have an advanced title, same thing. All of our titles we made the decision. Parkour is about interacting with the natural environment. Right. But we know some people can't. They don't have that opportunity uh, for whatever reason. So, And we know in Canada, we've got pretty cold winters and it can be icy and dangerous. So we've said our uh, all of our titles are available. You can do them in your house. So we have the uh, novice, we have the advanced. As we get to excellent, we'll have it off leash. So now the dogs need a little bit more control. So we encourage people to build that relationship and that control so they can do cool things with their dog. Uh, and then we'll be releasing a mastery. And fairly soon... Um, which will be right up Mary's alley. We're going to release a novice title that uh, two, three novice titles that and advanced and so on. But one will be for country dogs. So for okay. people that live in the country and want that that nature, then there'll be one for them. But there'll be an urban dog because some people live in the city and they don't have the time or the inclination to go out or don't want to. So uh, they can do it right in their city because there's, you know, bike racks, racks, mailboxes. There's some really, some really cool things in the city, just like there are with rock formations and Golden Gate Bridges when you get out in the country. So, um, and then we'll have an out and about for those people, and Mary will eat this one up, 12 different locations. So there's people who do want to explore with their dog and get out and go find different places. So... That's awesome. Um, I, so I've used like children's equipment at parks and things like that for this sort of stuff in the past and without knowing that I was actually playing with parkour stuff, just playing with the environment, you know, exactly. just just helping to have my dogs be able to interact with different things in different ways and build confidence, which let's talk about confidence for a minute here, because I think that that is one of the biggest goals and also the biggest side effects of this type of training. So Mary, I'm going to come back to you and Finn, because I know that this has been a big, a big help for him in terms of confidence. So Mm -hmm. tell us in your words about that journey with Finn with confidence here. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, Finn came up on a big truck from the south. Okay. In a big, uh, like, puppy palooza event where oh they brought goodness. up tons of dogs that were uh, um, designated for kill shelters because oh. I think it was because the hurricanes oh. were going around. There was one summer right. with tons of hurricanes. Okay. I think they were clearing the shelters and for family dogs okay. who, who they know where they would go back to. Right. So I don't know what he was exposed to, right? And then um, 
excuse me, I worked at a sailing school when I got him and all the docks there were floating docks and they kind of, you know, rock and roll and everything. And there's flags flapping and halyards flapping and stuff. And he was just, and even the water, the little tiny, tiny two inch um, waves that would come in, you know, uh, he was like, ah, and I, I so wanted to go kayaking with him and paddle boarding. And he was, you know, not it just great. Wasn't, he wasn't, he, he eventually got into point. the water, but okay. it was just the waves coming at him that, you know, gotcha. sort of threw him. So So he's a softie. He is a soft dog. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, doing the parkour is so cool because there's a walk near my house where there is a 30 foot long metal bridge that has that it's metal in that it's, um, you know, looks slatted. It's slatted, I guess. More. It's it's just like, like, yeah, it's more air than bridge. Okay. And everything's on edge. All the metal is on edge. So you can imagine going over it. All those things would go into a dog's paws. And so it wouldn't be very comfortable. It's 30 feet long. And so for years he would just go around it. And I was fine with that, you know, because it was just a short little fording of a stream. And then one day after we started parkour, he decided he was going over it and he was like, you know, flat like a pancake, and his oh. eyes were like saucers, and he was just like, ah, 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 ah. but he just kept going across. But he like, decided yeah, on his own. You know what? I'm ready path. to do this. Yes, and I so I was like that. freaking out and treating him, and then um, I decided, well, the car's over here, <laughs> so we do have to go back that way. And he was up for it again. He wasn't like, oh, that was more than I really expected it was going to be. Oh, I'm going to do it that. again. And now he hasn't even on a hot hot day. He won't go around. Mm-hmm. He he just wants to go over. And now he's pretty much vertical. I mean, I think. I don't know if he'll ever be totally vertical because he's got to be, you know, he's got to balance it out. Yeah, right? yeah. So um, that's that's a huge win for us. I love that so much, and I love that he decided to try it on his own. I know. Like, think about the empowerment in that dog's brain. Like, this made me feel powerful, and I love it. And that's such a reinforcing thing. Yeah. And we have a lot of dogs out there could really benefit from some of this confidence building stuff. So mm-hmm. that is. Fabulous. Have you noticed it with other things as well? Moving things. Because in graduation, um, we often show off behaviors. And I remember you did moving and things moving around them and shaking. and Yeah, yeah. For um, Well, this is a great thing. Carol just goes above and beyond getting crazy obstacles. Oh, she absolutely does. The engineer in her and just she's such a creative soul. So she's got all these really cool things. And one of them is, oh, there's three of them actually. There's these cars. And I saw the other dogs, um, you know, getting up on two feet and going along and I was like I would love it if Finn could do that and one of the um, criteria for the advanced is getting up on something with two paws paws that moves okay and so now I've got a video of him walking all across the hall and back just just you know, with the toy car yeah just driving the bus you know That's so um, yeah yeah like and the size of a shopping cart sort of thing right uh, no and no a little like, smaller yeah smaller, okay like a kitty shop but not cart like size. not like tiny little cars Let's, no they're like a, a child they're would like sit a, inside. a child would sit inside we yeah, actually have yeah, a couple yeah. so uh yeah. one of our last sessions we actually did races oh it was amazing <laughs> Who won? I'm dying. Alice and Jinx won. um, Yep, she's uh, newer to our program in McCann's, and uh, they had a great job. But uh, it was funny because I was away, so I wanted something cool for um, Rob and Diane, who were teaching the class while I was away. So I thought, let's try that. And we had, um, Rob and I had talked about it, so he said, yep. And we said, well, maybe like 10 or 12 feet, let them push it. And um, 
Rob said, oh, forget that. And he said, we just kept doing it. Everybody's having so much fun. So he said, like, I figured they'd run like a couple of heats and work to the finalist. But I think they just kept going. I think they went over class time. They just kept doing it. And he said, by the end, they were doing the length of the room. He said, next time, just start at the end of the room. Forget the 12 feet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And you need a checkered flag for sure. Oh, my gosh. Start your engines. Yeah. That's hilarious. And I actually, I I saw a little video of the recall races using those cars. They're absolutely adorable. So would you say that that's your favorite? favorite takeaway from this or do you have a favorite obstacle in parkour mm, yeah I, I think that's pretty cool I like that it one is pretty but cool. another one that you were talking about with the moving things is uh, Carol is um uh, like if something were to fall you know uh, he wouldn't like that so I've got a hula hoop that I found that it's got the the whatever it is inside of hula hoops that makes it go okay all the noise which Finn didn't like either so like those flags yeah so um for my well, at the end of the novice title, there's like a, what was it called? The Deegan. Um, it's something that you're you're proud of that your dog can do. Anyway, so I spun the, the hula hoop and it was making noise. And then I dropped it over him and I sat in it with him and all these movement things. You know, he's spinning. It was like a revolving door. So he, even when it was spinning and making noise, he was walking through it like a revolving door. So oh, I was really proud of him for that. Great. I love that. I bet. And like, it, 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 it's so amazing to have this sport this class this thing that we're doing where we can help our dogs build confidence so how slowly or quickly i mean that that guelph lake story or the the bridge in guelph story is phenomenal i love that but how quickly would you say the parkour program itself impacted his confidence was that instant yeah like week one or two amazing it was amazing yeah that was we started in march and that was in march i think yeah yeah mary emailed me or Slack me and say, I'm always, oh. yeah, yeah. I love weekend, it. I'm always sending oh. her videos. Which I love. I love students, it. Yeah, I students send me. I love that people get fired up and they Absolutely. send me cool things. And that's what we've seen with a lot of dogs. Um, people, I've had so many students say, especially when we get nervous dogs, that within a week or two, they're seeing that difference in the dogs. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where I started um, using parkour as a training um, sort of. Uh, thing was with fearful dogs because fearful dogs um, often they go into a new space and now they're always worried so they're so if we can get them so that instead of looking for what's going to get me it's like oh I could climb on that oh I could go under that oh I could you know walk that Um, it changed it also um, for me one of the things it does is it builds the trust in the owner yes. so not just the confidence in the dog uh, but a lot of trust in us especially as we go to obstacles so as we proceed and the dogs get the foundation um, having them we did a walk where the dogs can't possibly make it across without us spotting so one the handlers have to learn to spot right um and I mean, we at a novice level have to do stepping stones, stepping from one tree stump to another, which requires some confidence in the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, last weekend class in our excellent class, we did stepping stones, but they're like three and a half feet up. So, and very small. So um, the dogs need to know if they're going to lose their balance. So we teach, we also want the dogs to learn when to bail and how to bail safely. But we need the dogs to know, I've got your back. If that moves or tips or you slip, I'm not going to get you. Um, And as we encourage the dogs on things that are, so things that maybe move a little bit, right? We don't want to terrify them. But as we, you know, introduce them with zero pressure Mm -hmm. and the dogs, it's almost the same as people, right? You're 
somebody doesn't like public speaking, but they they are getting better and better, and someone gives them that next nudge to do, you know, to play sports, to join a team, to do a play, whatever it is, play a recital. Um, it just if you're ready, people feel great about that, right? It yeah. boosts your confidence and you share that with the people that have supported you and the dogs sort of see that you've got their back. So we do a few things, you know, um, one of the things I do with my guys is having them roll over on something like the small table that they know they're going to fall off unless I've got their back. Right. So that requires huge trust yeah. in, in the owner to say, I can do that because I know you're not going to let anything happen to me. Right. So this is actually like they're on a table, they do a roll over and then you catch them as they're coming off the table. Yeah. Prevent them from falling. Yeah. And that just requires confidence. Uh, We did an exercise. that's a goofy foot where it's actually going to collapse under them. Okay. uh, So it's, um, it's going to move and it's a little different because it's going to move differently every time. Now, sometimes it won't and the dog can actually say, you know what, this is safe. I can just change my weight and I can prevent this from moving from under me. And other times it is going to go and the dog's going to say, I know exactly how to exit this obstacle. So obviously we don't start that early on. We started it well into our excellent program with dogs that had a lot of history Mm -hmm. and it was great. One little um, Boston Terrier, Holly, who has so much confidence and she and Linda also have their advanced title now. Awesome. And, um, Holly was on this thing and um, the top mat, she's on it and the thing's going and the mat's sliding down as they're going. So it's almost like an escalator and it's going down and Holly just rides it like a little (laughs) surfboard or an escalator. And then when it's about a quarter of an inch off the ground, she steps off. Perfect. Jump off, just steps, walks right off, like getting (laughs) off an escalator, looks at her, Linda, her owner. And it was like total confidence in herself. Um, So we want confidence in the dogs, but also that great relationship. So it truly is a relationship builder. I love that. And I also think that giving dogs skills to do as they're interacting with things that are frightening, it splits the brain a little bit so that they're not just focused on this fear. I've got to flee. I've got to flee they have something else to focus on and there's so much value in that skill like even just the two paws up thing yes so let's talk about that actually for a second so there's several different components to parkour that as they interact with different things in the environment so what are the components so uh, and you'll you notice you've heard the term Deegan um, so mm-hmm. what we've tried to do is uh, put some meaning to our behavior so the Deegan it was actually Ken Steep first dog who unfortunately recently passed away yes. Deegan was such an awesome dog and 17 he, or 18 years yes, old like yes. really long-lived yes, wonderful which life, was great so. and he was such a sweetie um and really changed ken's life no different yeah. than fred my first guy changed my life yeah. you know what i do now um getting into things um so that certainly for ken changed the direction so um the deegan is one the lobster traps one um and then one of our very basic ones that we use so much is a b-box mm-hmm. and it's um often called a bench four feet on an object but we have um one of our students who um has her novice title as well um donated she's a beekeeper and she donated a bunch of bee boxes because she knew um you know i'm scrounging building finding used lumber yeah. uh, and she said you know would it be and she actually sent me pictures on a weekend of her dog it was the highest he'd gotten and he was on bee boxes and it was like 
those are perfect. So she actually brought us a bunch of bee boxes. So I sort of joke because some of them are still sticky. A few even had uh, oh, that's dead funny. bees in them, but they've, <laughs> some of them still have honey. Uh, so I was warning students uh, if they're going through, because we use them for so many things. Um, so the bee box is really a foundation. Dogs learning to get up on something, learning about their feet, um, learning that body awareness. But then we do a number of things because, you know, people think of parkour as building confidence, but it's also great for the other extreme. These dogs that are so confident and have like just ram into things and no fear and aren't good with impulse control so that im and actually in our um, excellent class we probably have you know a mix of dogs but a number of the dogs were more like yeah just let me do anything so as we get more difficult the dogs need to exercise control because they can't go through these things fast so they're learning to control themselves Mm -hmm. to be successful and take cues off so with the bee box it's sort of the foundation you know your dog just getting on something and for some dogs you know we need to start with something so small and it may not happen the first day the wind may just be getting two feet on that so it depends other dogs are quite willing to leap up and then what we work on is the control that the dogs that love jumping on anything that could be unsafe Plus, we want parkour to be you and I doing the behavior. So now it's, no, you don't just get to jump on, but we don't do the sit, wait, wait. So we're not punitive. We're also not, you know, I don't want to frustrate my dog. I want on that and you're making me do this. We just wait till they are calm and look at us. And now it's like, you get to, you know, go be box. And um, so the dogs start to go up in value and they see that we're giving them cues, which also sets them up to do those hard things because we actually did a a little bit of a maze with a blind and I don't want the dog going a hundred miles an hour hitting a blind, right? right? Which could happen in a tunnel in the wild. So what do you Mm -hmm. mean by blind maze with a blind, like a corner or? No, it actually had a wall. Okay. So the dog's not going through. Now we sometimes do tunnels where there is something there, but we encourage the dogs that it's safe to push through that object. Okay. So sometimes they, and sometimes we tell them we want them to blast through. So they need to take my cue that when I say easy, you're not blasting through this one. There's going to be something that's going to be more of a challenge. Right. So, um, and if they come to a blind, I want you to wait. And I'm either going to say, hey, wait, that was the wrong way. You need to go back. Or I'm going to tell you, no, you know what? You can push through this. So the B box is sort of the beginning, just taking the cue that that's when you can get on it. And then we work um, sending to a B box so that control can I say without, you know, huge amounts of body language. Kids, my dog, listen to me, go to that box, hold on that box till I release them. Uh, we work behaviors on a B box. So to begin with it, for some dogs, just sitting or lying down on something that's elevated can be a little scary so we get that confidence plus listening to us at a distance then we work spins on there it might be a sit pretty on there a roll over on there so the bee box is and we can build that bee box so that it's you know six feet tall can a dog jump on that so we can have an elevated bee box we can put it on a fit pad so it's a moving bee box so uh, we could do all sorts of things with that bee box. We have that. We also have a two paws uh, or two feet where a dog will put two feet on. And we work a little bit. Um, Mary talked about doing three objects on a behavior or three behaviors on an object requires a lot of impulse control because a lot of dogs, oh, I want to launch on that thing. But I'm saying two feet. So the dog actually has to listen. It's like, right. oh, I love jumping on that but I'm going to put two feet on that. Gotcha. Or we have a behavior where we send dogs around an object. So um, sometimes we'll send them around. Sometimes I might send them two feet. Sometimes I might send them 
onto that. Okay. So maybe it's a table-like thing, and this time I'm going to send you under it. So they have to listen to what we're asking them to do and do that value. And from our end, we need to create value for all those behaviors and confidence for all of those. And then the challenge is I find this cool thing out and about, and I, my dog could do six on there. I mean, I challenge some of my students, you know, I think I've done 11 behaviors on a chair. Okay. Right. Which is cool because if you have limited space in your house or if you are, you know, limited in how much equipment you have, you can still do a ton of stuff. Like, so 11 behaviors, tell me what, uh, tell me what they would be. So some of them are pretty cool. I mean, one of the students said, yeah, that was, I can't do some of those, but, um, you know, one is, um, you know, some of them are obedience. Can you walk nicely at my side while I walk around and twirl a chair or drag it along beside you going under the chair, uh, crawling, under the chair, two feet on the chair, four feet on the chair, moving object. Can you jump on the chair and walk over as I'm tipping it? Okay. So Kelly sort of move. make it a yeah. walk. <laughs> um, one is then I turn it over. Can you jump over the chair? Okay. Can you go around the chair? And then one is um, I bend over. So it's like jump on my back and jump off. So hop on. So a hop could be a hop on the chair, hop on, hop off. Okay. Um, you know, it could be a long send. It could be a behavior on the chair. So doing something on there. So cool. So it's, um, you know, sort of saying what behaviors do I want to do? So we have the two feet, we have the bench, we have the around something, we have a through, we have an under. The in is really cool for some dogs. They're very claustrophobic. And as we get, um, you know, high, it requires a lot of trust. So uh, Burke on our lesson one often jumps into a barrel. So he's about 16 inches high and the barrel's, I don't know, about 32 inches high. So (laughs) when I ask him to jump in, he has no idea what's down there. Right. Right. So he is jumping blind, trusting that this is safe. Yeah. Um, So that requires a lot of trust on me and confidence in himself and his ability that he can land well because this thing's going to be confined. Um, And for some dogs, it's the footwork, you know, can you, can Finn, you know, get into a little bowl or something and get his feet in. Right. All four feet. Yeah. I know. I know with uh, Dell, I had him get in, he was a little nine inch terrier, but I had him get in a pylon that was upside down. Okay. But now it's slippery and, um, it's a really weird shape. So he's like, so he's like squeezing in and that one took a little bit of time for him to get the confidence and it would be, you know, he's looking at me, are you sure? And he would try it and he'd look back and, you know, no pressure. And it's like, if I'm not calling him off, it's like, okay, this must be safe. And so the in can be a really cool one. Mary, what else am I missing? Well, I don't know. Well, I was going to show oh. off my little oh. cards, my, my geek, uh, my geeking out cards. I love them. Because these are all the criteria that, okay. that Carol came up with. And uh, I thought, well, if sometimes my phone is dying from doing too much video you know, on a walk. <laughs> um, I want to be able to access them because awesome. I put them all in a note. And so I've got all the criteria on the front of a card and then, well, the, the, the actions of so spotting the stuff, and then other uh, criteria on the back. So we've got the hop, uh, broad jump over, uh, the blind through something dangling down the lobster trap, um, walk it over ladders. Oh, so my bridge it. qualified for that. The push, the neat thing with the push, I was trying to get Finn to do this on a boulder and talk about them just uh, problem solving or coming up with stuff. The pushes where they run at something, put all four feet off and, you know, do like a swimmer right. turn. Um, but he kind of wasn't getting it. And, and so he was just standing there, and he knows how to back up onto an object. And so he started bagging up. He did, he did that Spider-Man thing, awesome. which we have never, ever worked on. So he had his back feet way up on this boulder. And his friend's like, is this what you want? 
That's awesome. so like in a in a handstand position, which we often yeah. call Spider Man. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. You have a lot of cards there. I do. I've so got there's my... a lot of option. Yeah. Well, so, well, some of these are my obedience things that I like to work on when I'm walking. But um, yeah, I just, just um. I also have like a pocket chart at home because I awesome. love office supplies. She Some sucks. people love she to sucks. go to a nail salon or something. I love an office supply store. And I so definitely <laughs> had the right two people on the parkour podcast yeah. here. I'll tell you, this is great. I love it. So I can just see what I want to work on and pull those cards out if I did it and then jot it down in a little journal. But I wanted to um, back up a little bit about sure. the um, the titling program yeah, and what it means to me as somebody who was a um, an agility student. Because I'm not competitive. I mean, I'm a little competitive because I wanted to be number two. Yeah. Uh, although I, I was I so happy. I was a little for, competitive. <laughs> for, I wanted, I was like, Albert, yes, he totally needs to be the first one. Yeah. But um, but I'm not competitive like, um, you know, all, all the agility people right. here. And I'm never going to spend an entire weekend at an agility trial. Yeah. You know, and um, so, but I loved doing it. And mm -hmm. so did Finn. But um, it's kind of all or nothing with agility, right? So you can't not use all those muscles to jump over a jump right. or to power through a tunnel or whatever it is. So um, what I love about, one of the things I love about parkour is that you could, it's totally scalable for where you are. So okay. one of the things is hop, hop, hop. Like he has to jump up on several things, uh, but I know Finn can't do that. So I have an option. I can do um, a gap jump where he goes from one boulder or b-box to another and so I it's more of a level criteria. thing versus yeah I can okay. I can adjust it and then there's five different b-box uh, behaviors I could choose from but I do the one that's is as most complicated as I can get it to make it fun right but while still recognizing his limitations and not setting him back but the other thing about it is um since I don't want to be in a competition mm -hmm. and um I, I still, like you were saying, it's nice to have the goals, yes, right? absolutely. And, and so it, it gives me something to um, to achieve in my own time, in my own home. Um, it's when you're very, walk, very inexpensive, yeah. right? And it's not like if he if he blows it, well, there, I've, I've just shot my whole entry for that yeah. agility run or whatever. Right. And, and, and driven an hour and a half and gotten a hotel yeah. or camp, whatever you're doing, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So I could just do this The quickest 30-ish bucks you'll ever spend. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Two seconds. I just <laughs> gathered the videos and then send them in for submission when they're all ready. Yeah. You know, so. I love that. I think for somebody who, who um, you know, they're not like a fierce competitor right. but but you want to achieve something or you don't have the time well, maybe you are a fierce competitor but yeah. it's just at your own pace and um and skill level absolutely yeah. and and i love that and titles are such a they're such a conundrum sometimes and and i'll i'll bring up albert again because i know albert said when he got into all this i just want to have fun with my dog and that's what Yes. That's what we that's where we all start and then you get to this point where you've accomplished this thing and you want some sort of a marker for that accomplishment. So now it's like here's this option to get your title and to have somebody else it, you know let you know that you have reached this criteria and you've matched the criteria and they're really telling you that what all the effort that you've put in has been worthwhile. It's appreciated. Yeah. Exactly. But then to dive even deeper into into that. There's this thing that floated around on the internet in dog circles for a long time and it's all about what's behind a title and it, it actually gets very emotional when you read it and I have a hard time finding it I, I refer to it a lot and I need to make a, a, a real effort to actually find it because it's so beautifully written and it basically talks about you know this is not just these two little letters that we add after our dog's names or whatever. It's not just this ribbon. It's, it's, it's the journey. The representation of going from a dog that started out as super 
concerned about moving over obstacles and building that confidence in him and watching that progress, you know, climb. He had a great, he had a great jump in progress there. Uh, A lot of the times it takes so much you know, pulling to get that confidence out. But even when it's a, a, a super quick jump in progress, it's still this monumental accomplishment to be able to look at this and say, look at what I did with my dog and for my dog. Like I'm getting, uh, you can hear the quiver in my voice because I'm getting emotional about this. And when you think about like going out and getting a title, like that title is this little tiny pittance, but it represents such an enormous thing and so much time put in and sometimes heartache sometimes you know yes. you're banging your head against the wall trying to uh, getting emotional achieve that it, skill. it's easy for me to yeah. get emotional <laughs> but yeah sometimes banging your head against the wall and then finally having this like moment of ah and and everything seems so much less insurmountable at that point and yes. you keep moving forward and more and more and more and eventually you forget where your start line was because you've made so much progress and that title represents that. So I can completely appreciate people like Albert who initially start off saying, and I remember with Quincy, with my first dog, my Rottweiler, I remember saying, I really want to do agility. I'm not really interested in competing. I just want to have fun with agility. But then the fun leads to all this affirmation and more fun and confidence building and relationship building. And new challenges. Yes, exactly. And you end up just all of a sudden your whole life has derailed and become dog stuff. And you and I have both taken the <laughs> taken um, journey. journey in obedience, yes. right? I mean, Absolutely. I've done it with agility with um, one of my dogs and with Earl, you know, that was it. And I got hooked on trialing yes. and got his highest titles and got those hotel rooms and traveled <laughs> around. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, but, and again, it was like, it's a can be a lot of work and hopefully to being online is great because you know we have a number of students i think you were one that had never uh, put videos on youtube right that was another learning curve for <laughs> there me. you go oh my gosh that's <laughs> awesome little technology learning curve yeah. which again anything that empowers us to yes. do more and better like this is awesome i don't see any downside to this do you see any downside to this carol <laughs> no i don't i think it's been great i've been pleased to see how it's growing right now uh for anybody that's interested we're doing uh we're starting we started just offering it to our in-house students mm-hmm. we're looking to expand but again probably our online students uh but then we will be um next year it's been going well so we'll be looking to roll out to anyone to compete but we wanted to give our own sort of family yeah. um, the chance to get some of those first titles yeah and um so we'll and they've been giving us feedback on the program so we'll be we will be moving ahead pretty quickly and it'll be open to everyone hope people uh, perfect definitely uh, definitely participate that's so. awesome and in terms of doing parkour just even even without the titling thing but in terms of just wanting to do some parkour with canines do you see any dogs that shouldn't i would say no what really matters with everything we do with our dogs is understanding your dog so um and a lot of times with fearful dogs uh people want to rush it and put on pressure we actually did um a video on dealing with um fearful dogs and one of the things we showed was parkour and it was interesting because just in the course of the video juno um who was clearly at the beginning we were walking together and juno's like the far away as can be on the six foot leash beside their owner trying to keep a loose leash but um 
I'm going to stay away from Carol and uh, our cameraman. And then at the end was interacting with me. Amazing. Um, absolutely fine. Um, and, and then after we finished, um, turned off the camera, we probably should have filmed it, but able to be right beside our cameraman and totally confident. Um, so in that video, we show um, how to, um, and I think we talked about how to um, meet people for nervous dogs. I mean, it's coded, but it's... Um, we show how we introduce the parkour. So it's important with a dog that's nervous. We don't put pressure. Right. And sometimes we inadvertently do. Yeah. So we think we'll pull out treats because my dog loves a treat. Come on, you can do it, Fido. Come on, Fido. Fido, you can do it. But I always say it's... Um, well, it you creates know, that conflict in the brain. I want the treat, but I'm scared of this thing. Yes. And, you know, some of that is, you know, I always say if you're about to go hang gliding and I'm behind you, come on, Shannon, you can do it. Go. Go already. Come on, you can do it. I'm probably not helping you. Probably not. No, you're making so, me more anxious. I'm worried that you're going to push me out now. Exactly. And I think that's <laughs> the dogs. You know, are you... Is my owner going to push push me like they're putting this pressure and I'm not quite ready to move that fast but just letting them explore and rewarding the exploration yes. and sometimes rewarding away so those moving objects I don't want the dog to get on and say it's crazy I want the dog to put one foot on and then maybe I throw the treat away so it's like oh you know before they can say this is really scary I'm not going to ask them to do more I'm actually going to let them release that pressure and see that I'm not going to push them yeah. Right. I'm not going to drag them on that thing. Um, so, you know, I think it's doing it. And for those dogs that are crazy, working a little bit of that control. Don't just let them jump on everything, pull you on the leash, um, you know, because we Make need to build mindful. that impulse yeah. control because we're living with those dogs. Exactly. Um, and same with a dog that's had an injury or a dog that's older or a dog that's, you know, some people, um, you do tons of hiking with Finn. So he's in pretty darn good shape. You need to be aware of his pr previous injury. Uh, but for some dogs that maybe don't get a lot of exercise, it's making sure that you're not asking them to do something that's more athletic than they can. Right. And for um, making sure, you know, there's lots of cool stuff and there's things I see that cool and yeah. I have the Burke is my wow dog and he is so athletic he is in such good shape and he is so good at understanding how to bail or fall and land um, so there's things I do with him that I wouldn't do with my others but there's also things I see that like that's so cool or that would be Love such it. a good video. And I had one, um, I was up north, and they had Muskoka chairs, probably like 50 of them, all different colors. Ah, and it's like, oh, and I had Texas, and it was like her crawling, because they had to be, <clears throat> so, they were so low. Her crawling under the whole length would be so cool. But it's a little close to the road. Gotcha. And my yeah. dogs have phenomenal verbal control, but crap happens. Yeah, life so, happens, absolutely. So it's like it's not worth that yeah. risk. So I think any person, any dog can do it. It's just being mindful of your dog and how you approach it. Love it. And for anyone in the U.S., those are Adirondack chairs to you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> good point, Mary. Right, you're good, right. good point. I love what you said about um, them learning how to bail and learning how to like safely fall and whatnot. Like it reminds me of, well, I mean, my whole life is about learning how to safely fall. Cause I am an incredibly, <laughs> incredibly clumsy. Actually, I was just moving. Um, I was moving some large rocks on my property on the weekend and uh, my friend Kip was there and we were both working together and I took a tumble at one point as I was carrying Ooh. this very heavy rock and I had to like backpedal as I was going. And I figured out in that, 
moment, it was probably about three seconds of backpedaling and trying to figure out how I was going to fall without this rock landing on my face. And it was like, it was a good armful of a rock. So in those three or four seconds, I was able to consciously be aware that I was throwing the rock off to the side and then falling on my butt. So I've gotten pretty good at falling. (laughs) Became a bit of the Scottish Highland Games there, hey? Like the caber toss. (laughs) What's that one where they chase the cheese roll down the hill? Yeah. I, I bounce really, really well. So far, so far, knock on wood. So far, no broken bones. So, so you'd be a shoe-in for parkour. <laughs> I think I would. Oh, my goodness. Well, this has been a really fun episode. I've really enjoyed talking about parkour, and I definitely want to get Ned into it at some point soon. So, Mary, thank you for coming on to share your experience and your cards. parkour Thanks with for us as well. Yeah. Cards. Yeah. Those cards are phenomenal. We Aren't need to cool? figure out how to, like, mass produce those I so know. we can Another sell thing, them to like, our students like for my, ideas. My platform, I have this tricky thing I did with a platform to, to make my own foldable, yes. stackable, increase double its height platform. Yeah, and so she can, can make a big these, uh, platform or she can fold it so it carries nicely and you can have it slightly higher and longer. And it's like, oh, I like and that, the cards, man. Yeah, yeah. That's great. have to work on that. Oh my goodness. Well, that's awesome. We'll have to do some prototyping for equipment then too yes. for people to be able to do all <laughs> these different things. Very creative people here in the studio today. Carol, as always, thank you very much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. And if you are interested in learning more about parkour, check out the McCann Dogs YouTube channel because we've always got all sorts of wonderful, creative things going on there. But you can also contact our office and to I will help see. You. Yeah, I'll, there you go. Co- call and chat office, with so Mary, Mary about parkour. Chat about that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we will Mary happily can, give you some yeah, details. So if you're that. interested in classes, definitely contact us. Yeah. Ask for Mary. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. Now everybody's calling and <laughs> for asking Mary. for Mary. Poor I'll Mary's going to be running off her feet. But yeah, she'll be our parkour specialist. On that note, I am Instructor Shannon. I'm Instructor Carol. I'm Instructor Mary. Happy training, everybody. Happy training. Bye-bye. The McCann Dogs Podcast is brought to you by McCann Professional Dog Trainers. We help dog owners to have a well-behaved, four-legged family member. Please give us a call at 905-659-1888 or visit us at mccanndogs.com. Happy training.